Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers, a special bonus episode. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Andy, on the court, the Lakers seem to have righted the ship Friday in Orlando with a strong second half, and more importantly, off the court, any tension, any problems with Russell Westbrook and Frank Vogel following his benching on Wednesday seem to be set aside. We'll talk about that and more on Locked on Lakers. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, uh, Monday through Friday, and sometimes on Saturdays, um, and even Sundays, Andy. We get this thing up for you um, and provide you with as much content as we possibly can. Make another Locked On podcast your second one. We've been recommending Locked On Rams with Travis Rogers, new host. Yep, um, a friend of ours. Yes, that's right. All right, so on Friday, Andy, the Lakers beat Orlando 116-105 to 105 to kick off this long season long road trip uh that gets them back to 500 the magic are terrible they've won twice at home uh, all season long they're <laughs> 2 and 17 at home that is really bad um I mean, look, we can break down the game itself. LeBron played well. Carmelo Anthony was huge off the bench, 23 points, a monster second half. Um, In just 17 minutes, 23 points. Uh, That's really impressive. Pretty good. Um, And so, you know, there's stuff to look at there. I think the big thing is they adjusted to the second half after a really kind of wonky, uninspired first half, came out, sat Dwight Howard, put Stanley Johnson in. Uh, the defense got switchier. It got much more aggressive, and they did. In, they didn't panic. They did in the second half what they should have done in the first, and ran away with a game against a terrible team. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. You, interesting hearing you, Brian, talk about them not panicking, which I guess is overall a good thing. There are times where I wish this team would treat things with a little more panic. You know what I mean? Like I, sure. they they need to be actually treating this like Jesus Christ we are we are sub 500 against Orlando like from the outset let's kick the crap out of this game right no i, I don't I, I, understand. I don't i just there's I, a difference are, between urgency and no, panic I, I get that i'm just saying whatever the fine line is i would like them to have their toes as far onto that line as possible without going over like where you need to uh, consult the tape and the referees to know if you've gone over it. I I would I'm not trying to take away from what you said because ultimately it is the adjustments made, they made were good. It's good to keep a level head especially when you know everything that rides in the balance right now. That being said, anytime it, it does not feel like total 100% urgency. No, I I that part I agree <laughs> with. I just, you know, when you play a bad first half, you come back sure. and play a good second half. I Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know, the, the bigger thing, though, that that people are talking about and, and really is relevant, I think, for them going forward. Yeah. You got to beat Orlando. You don't beat Orlando. You know, this road trip is, you know, off to a catastrophic start, um, you know, with a Frank game Vogel could them. very well get fired. I mean, yeah, like, very we, we, we are on. I don't like this. It's a really unpleasant way to monitor a season, much less monitoring it with a guy like Frank Vogel, who's a genuinely high character good dude a decent human being yeah but and, and he's a good coach i think but, so but like you know yeah but we are on vogel watch and we are going to be on vogel watch and every single game is basically going to have like a vogel meter in terms of like one to ten with that 
arrow swinging back and forth on the likelihood yep. of getting fired after every single game. And I would say if they lost this game, it's at about a 9.7 <laughs> rounding it's like down. The, it's like the needle on uh, like, you know, at election time at the New York times. Exactly. Um, and you know, so, you know, you set that stuff aside, the, the all, all eyes in this game were on Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. and how he was going to respond and what was going to become of that. Again, if you missed it, he was benched in the last four minutes of the Indiana game on Wednesday, left the arena without speaking to reporters. Uh, he was understandably uh, upset. Russ is a prideful guy. You know, people like him do not sit in, in the fourth quarters of games. Um, Adrian Wojnarowski on Friday clearly, you know, spoke to Westbrook, um, really had a had a story out on ESPN and Westbrook talked about it. You know, he was upset. He didn't like it. Um, you know, he, that said, um, was dedicated to making the, the this team as good as he possibly could um, and was ready to move on to it. Frank Vogel reiterated a lot of that uh, before the game on Friday. And Westbrook reiterated it again afterwards um and so all of that stuff i think is is really relevant to talk about and russ by the way played a good game um, yeah you know he he did play very well in this game um i i thought it was interesting too in woge's piece he talked about that westbrook was on i'm reading right now westbrook was unhappy with characterizations that he stormed out of crypto.com arena locker room without meeting with reporters in a post-game news conference both westbrook and team officials said on thursday that the organization requested that he skip the interview session which makes sense we we talked about that after the game Nothing good was going to come from Russ speaking in that moment. It's very similar to the way LeBron, I don't remember after which recent loss it was specifically, but LeBron, and it's it's really rare for LeBron. LeBron skipped out after that game. That was the game before he he sent out the, uh, I promise we will do better. Oh, the Denver game. Yeah, because he just basically said, look, nothing good was going to come from me talking off the top of my head at the height of those emotions. And I think the officials, you know, I mean, the team officials, you know, PR staff recognize that with Russ. And that's cool. You know, that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. And, and he said, I, I don't, you know, I know you, you were kind of laughing at me a little bit during the cold open, like about the idea that it's like, it's done, it's over. And like, everybody's moved on. They've squashed their beef, Andy. I don't mean to say that Russ thinks it was a good idea or was like all on board. It's like, yeah, you know, he, I, I spoke to Frank Vogel and I'm, I I get it. I'm one, but you know, he didn't escalate the situation. He talked about, he said what you would expect. I don't like it. I'm not going to, if he does it again, I'm still not going to like it. I'm not going to let that keep me from trying to help this team as much as I can. He also reiterated stuff that I think you've picked up on, I think particularly that, you know, it's an inconsistent role. He's been asked to adjust a lot. Some of that is based on what the Lakers need him to do, and some of that's just based on every day it's a different lineup. Um, that isn't to say that any of this is, isn't is hard or will, won't will remain hard, but at the very least, to me, it feels like what could have been a potentially deeply problematic moment in this season is for the time being okay. Yeah, I mean, what what I was kind of smirking about with that was more just the idea that this is going to linger for a while, even if it isn't in the form of tension, because it's going to be something monitored until it feels like it is not worth monitoring at all. And I think everybody is very aware of this. I totally agree with uh, your characterization of Russ 
handling this, talking about this professionally and treating this like it's not him versus Vogel. Somebody's got to get, I, I totally agree with you there. All I mean is just, I don't think that it is completely put to bed, even right. through no fault of either Russ or Vogel. That's all. Yeah, you know, it was yeah, the the they talked about communication. You know, Vogel and Westbrook, without getting into a lot of detail, clearly talked about what what happened. Um, I thought it was interesting too, Andy. The sort of LeBron made a point of when discussing Russ tonight, talking about his focus, talking about how you know he was excellent tonight. You know, they called him the head of the snake and their attack and all that stuff. And they look, the numbers on Russ were very good: eighteen points. Uh, 11 rebounds, seven assists. He had three steals. He was a plus 11 for the game. Um, only had three turnovers. So like the, the, the sort of low turnover Russ um, has has sustained itself. He only took one three-pointer. Uh, so yeah, I mean, finding the, 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 finding the sweet spot for Russ between being low turnover Russ and not being completely in his own head Russ, I think is still a, a work in progress. And I, I think there's a stylistic change if nothing else from his perspective that he's clearly still feeling out in terms of the game but yeah he, mm -hmm. he played well and it was important I, I thought it was interesting how Mello said afterwards too he played at a more controlled pace mm -hmm. and he said that everybody benefited from that so you know it's it's it, a symbiotic it's, thing too. it is and a lot of this is defense and you know Russ was bad defensively in the first <laughs> half and he's you know the whole team was I was gonna say let's make sure it's clear the whole team was, and like I, I, I had a brief exchange with our friend Cranjus McBasketball, uh, Tim. Uh, what is it at Tim uh, underscore NBA? I believe so. Um, does great work and you have a great follow. <laughs> He's the, the only Cranjus McBasketball on Twitter. So if you don't know the, I was trying to do the actual handle, handle too. Sure, but I'm um, just saying, search Twitter that way, and the handle will you'll come find. Up. Um, and you know, this was about Carmelo Anthony and his defense. Melo hit a three on one end, made a terrible defensive play on the other. And I was like, sort of like there's, there is a limit as to how good you can expect Melo to be defensively, even when he's trying really hard because he's 37 years old and limited. Uh, I think some of that applies to Russ too. Um, he is just not a great defender. There are certain things he can absolutely be better at and needs to be. There are going to be breakdowns he is not going to turn into Matisse Thibel uh in just because the Lakers would like him to you know because he engages like that's not how this works um but he was much better in the second half the team was much better in the second half and more importantly it didn't seem like anything spilled in his game in the way he played spilled into from Wednesday to Friday in terms of being over aggressive under aggressive pouty whatever it might be um also thought, and you know, you 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 managed to to catch this. Um, Russ showed up in the arena wearing uh, where the hell do you get that? A denim jacket slash pants outfit covered in snowflakes. Yeah. Um, I I took it as Russ having fun with the idea that he was a snowflake after mm -hmm. getting benched on Wednesday, didn't talk with the media, you know, that he's too sensitive over this needs to, you know, needs to get over it because he's not playing well enough to earn the right to be sensitive and Russ having fun with it. it it's an interesting question, Brian. Could, because I mean, I, I mean, nobody asked him about his outfit. Um, no. I, so it, this is us guessing, but well, it's a good guess. Yeah. yeah that, it's me guessing. I, if you asked Russ about that, I don't think you'd get a straight answer anyway. Um, there's two ways to think about the, the question that you asked. I don't know where you get that. 
Rush Russ is a fashionista. This has been well established. He is very, very into his fits, as the kids would say. Mm-hmm. It is equally believable to me that Russ had that outfit in one of his fifty-eight closets, like in, in his house. I, I imagine the closets in Russ. It's like, it's basically like remember Alicia Silverstone's uh, in mm-hmm. Clueless, mm-hmm. you know, with the rotating uh, mechanical circular dealy that has all our stuff on hangers. I picture something more high tech like that, but again, 58 of them. I picture Russ just having one of those because he had one of those because he's got one of every outfit. I also picture Russ seeing the reaction to him after Wednesday night, getting on the phone with some designer and saying, I need this thing by seven or by five o'clock Orlando time right. sent to me. I, I I will pay whatever it costs. I'll make change sure the it hotel. Goes, exactly. Yeah, make sure it goes to this hotel. Both are equally believable to me. And look, our interpretation of Russ's outfit could be wrong, um, but I don't think it's uh, an accident. It means something that Russ was uh, covered in snowflakes when he got to the arena in Orlando. Even if it just means, hey, it's winter in Florida, I don't know. But it, it seems, this is a guy who did wear the photographer's vest that one time too. So, I mean, he, he is uh, not above dressing for purpose. Anyway, uh, Lakers coming back on Friday, uh, Sunday, I should say, a uh, much more difficult game against the Miami Heat. If they can uh, win this one, uh, get back above 500, that really does kickstart this road trip in meaningful ways. Uh, but before we go, Andy, some things we want to tell you about. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Built Bar. It's the new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit, eating healthier, Built Bar can be part of that program. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes even better than a candy bar. If you want to eat healthy, but you don't want it to get boring, so by Week three, you're like, screw it, man. Where, where's my chocolate? Guess what? It's with the Built Bars because they're covered in 100% chocolate. Most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. That's the good stuff. A lot of great flavors, coconut almond, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, and down the line. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCK15, 15% off at Built.com. Also, Andy, Bet Online would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue our march to the playoffs in the NBA and the NHL. Of course, the NFL already there. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. And new year, it's a new updated desktop and mobile website. You can sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager in all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts we'll see everybody on monday